Welcome back to Brailcast Extra, and in this episode we're going to hear a recording of the first of a series of Tuesday evening Zoom calls made possible thanks to a grant of £10,000 from the Winston Churchill Memorial Trust. This call is about the Orbit Reader, and it's introduced by Holly Scott Gardner. So, thanks everyone for joining our event with the Brailleists Foundation about the Orbit. We have Dave Williams here with us. He is an RNIB employee and he's also Brailleist Foundation Chair. And he will be delivering a presentation today about the Orbit, which I'm pretty excited for because it should be interesting to get to know more about the device. So just a few, I guess, housekeeping type things before we really get started. This event is running in line with our moderation policy, which you can find on our website, which is brailist.org. The main thing to remember is that everyone will remain muted just because we need to cut down on some of the background noise. If you want to be unmuted, you have to raise your hand and we will come to that in a minute and explain more about that process. The the event is being recorded and it will be made available so that you can listen back to it at a later date or share it with other people. We do have a page on our website where you can find recordings of our previous events and that is brailist.org slash media. So what to expect from the event? Well, Dave Williams will be delivering a presentation and then towards the end of the event we'll be opening it up for questions and I have Ben Mustle-Rose here who is moderating. Hello Ben. Hey Holly, how, how are you doing today? Good, how are you? Yeah, not, not so bad. I'm really looking forward to this one actually. You know, I've, uh, I've had an Orbit Reader for a few months now but I, I don't know about you but I always find with tech there's always that sort of one little tip that someone will tell you and you'll think, oh yeah actually, you know, that's, that's good, didn't know that. Uh, so uh, looking, looking forward to learning really. Yeah, it should be exciting. I Definitely. actually have to say I've seen the device, I've briefly used one, but it isn't my primary Braille device, so it will be exciting for me to learn more as well. And just so that people know, if they do raise their hands, you'll be the person calling on them and unmuting, well, asking to unmute them. And if people do want to unmute, once they've raised their hands, a dialogue box will appear that they have to press the button on to actually unmute themselves which I hope I've got that all correct. Um, so a bit about us, we're the Brailleist Foundation. We do lots of, as it says, Braille related things. You can find us on social media on both Facebook and Twitter at Brailleist. Um, we have a newsletter which you can subscribe to by visiting our website. We are also giving away some equipment and we'll be giving you some more information about that towards the end of the event, so keep listening. We will also be running lots of future events, so if you go to brailist.org slash events, you can find out about all the different events that we'll be running over the next few weeks. So we will actually cover how to raise your and lower your hands towards the end of the event when we open up for questions. I'm going to pass over to Dave now. Hi, Dave. How are you? Hello. Good evening, everybody. A very warm welcome to our session on getting around with the Orbit Reader. I'm Dave Williams, and thank you for joining the Brailleist Foundation. And if you'd like more about us, that's uh, brailleist.org is the uh, website. So uh, as Holly mentioned in the introduction, I work with RNIB as a customer experience uh, manager. And as we speak and record this session, uh, it is the 3rd of November 2020. So of course, information is always uh, subject to change. In this uh, session, we'll provide an introduction to the Orbit Reader, including a physical description. I'll describe some of the differences between the Orbit Reader and other Braille displays. Uh, I'll explain uh, how to use the main functions, so reading, writing and managing files with the Orbit Reader uh, and we'll also explore how you go about connecting Orbit Reader with a screen reader. Uh, where do you get digital braille books? Uh, I'll point you to some uh, sources for those uh, and also places where you can find further help and support. So let's get started then. Um, this session um, assumes that uh, you have a basic 
understanding of English Braille, uh, particularly in respect of the dot positions. So I may during the course of the session refer to, you know, things like dot five or dots two five, uh, and that could be quite important. Um, also, if you know the Braille alphabet, that'll be really helpful as well. Uh, and if you also have an understanding of basic desktop computing concepts, so things like the cursor, the clipboard and context menus, they'll also be useful um, throughout this session. Uh, this session, uh, this training really, it sort of focuses on the essential information you'll need to understand how to use Orbit Reader 20. It is by no means exhaustive. You are encouraged to read the uh, product user guide, connect with other Orbit Reader users, and in the event of any problems, do contact your supplier. So let's uh, do a bit of an overview of the Orbit Reader 20 itself. Um, Orbit Reader 20 is a portable, refreshable braille display designed to lower the cost and improve access to digital braille. Orbit Reader 20, uh, in common with other Braille displays, raises and lowers rounded pins to represent the uh, patterns needed to show Braille characters. You can use Orbit Reader 20 as um, an electronic Braille book reader, as a note-taking device, and also as a display and Braille keyboard for your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Uh, the sort of physical description of Orbit Reader, uh, well, the device itself measures, uh, let's see, 16.8 by 10.9 by 3.2 centimetres. So that's about six and a half inches by four and a quarter inches by about one and a half inches. And it weighs 435 grams. So that's just under a pound in weight. So about less than a, a loaf of bread. Um, so if you place the Orbit Reader, on the table in front of you, uh, which I have done. Um, so I'm just going to switch cameras now uh, so we can see our Orbit Reader. Let's see. Okay, here we go. Yes, there is the Orbit Reader. Okay, uh, we hope. So I'm sure somebody will tell me if they can't see it. I think Ed Rogers is in the room. So uh, somebody put your hand up if, uh, if you can't see the Orbit Reader. Uh, that's if you're expecting to be able to see it. Don't worry, I will describe everything. I am um, blind myself, so uh, I don't expect everyone to be following along with the, uh, the visuals, but I, I'm told that the visuals also help our, our light-dependent uh, friends. So uh, along the orbit reader so if you put the display on the table in front of you with the braille display uh, towards you uh, you'll find towards the back on the top there are the six traditional braille input keys the sort of perkins style keyboard arranged horizontally along the top edge and uh, the dots go from left to right you've got dots three two one and then over on the right dots four five and six OK, as you would expect, you would find on a on a Perkins. And then in front of those, there are three keys arranged horizontally. The longer one in the center is your space bar. And then the key immediately to the left is backspace uh, or sometimes used as dot seven. And the key on the right is enter or sometimes used as uh, dot eight. Uh, the other controls you'll see on the top here is in between Braille.1 and Braille.4, there is a circular arrangement. These are the uh, navigation keys for uh, moving around, up, down, left, right. And then we have a select button uh, in the center there. Now, the only other keys uh, that you'll find on the top surface are our panning keys at each end of the uh, Braille line. So we've got a 20 cell Braille line here. And at each end, we have a little uh, rocker. Uh, these are our panning keys and they are used to move forward and back by 20 cells of Braille at a time. So you press the lower half of either of those keys um, to pan forward through the text or you press the upper half of either of those keys to pan back through the text so that's quite handy depending on which is your dominant braille reading hand i tend to be uh, quite right hand dominant so i tend to use my left hand to control the panning forward and backward but you, you may have slightly different so it's quite quite ergonomic in that that sense uh, there is a uh, power button on the back. So if I just lift the unit up uh, in the recessed area, we've got this small square power button. If we hold that in for a couple of seconds, that will power the unit on. 
which has happened. Uh, and then also in that recessed area, uh, we've got the SD card slot. Uh, up to 32 gigabyte uh, SD uh, cards can be inserted there. And then we have our micro USB port uh, for connecting to power uh, and also for connecting to a computer. Uh, the other things to draw your attention to is underneath uh, the battery cover uh, secured with two uh, Phillips screws. It's a small Phillips screwdriver and under there is the uh, the, the battery. Uh, and finally, at the front uh, corners, we have our anchor points, which you can thread key rings through and then attach a shoulder strap should you want to do uh, that. Um, I do want to make a couple of remarks about the um, the battery. It takes from uh, completely dead around three hours uh, to charge the battery uh, fully, or um, in normal usage, you can expect to get around three days uh, of battery life. That's the figure that's advertised by the manufacturer. Um, but I've found that most people who have um, the Orbit Reader do report getting extremely long battery life. And that's due uh, in no small part to the way in which the uh, pins work. So when the pins are in the raised position, they draw very little power from the battery uh, and that extends your, your battery life. And when the battery is running low, um, you get a dot in the dot eight position. So the very bottom right hand corner of the 20th cell uh, will start to flash to indicate that the battery is 10% uh, or lower. And then at that point, of course, you need to connect it to power. And if you need to check the battery status at any time, uh, you do that by pressing the select key with the up arrow. So I'm just doing that now. And on the Braille display, uh, it says battery 70%. And that's written in uh, computer Braille. And we'll talk a little bit more about computer Braille later on. Right. So the major differences then with Orbit Reader and traditional Braille displays. Well, the first major difference is, of course, the price. Orbit Reader 20 in the UK sells for £499, including VAT, sorry, excluding VAT, uh, which, of course, you don't need to pay VAT if you are a blind or partially sighted person or somebody buying on behalf of a blind or partially sighted person. Uh, other Braille displays typically cost uh, in the thousands of pounds. And of course, the price is more likely to be a consideration for individuals purchasing uh, who do not qualify for funding. The signage quality Braille, so the dots on the Orbit Reader, um, feel very solid, crisp and firm to the touch. So Orbit Reader dots um, they don't kind of squash down in the way that dots on traditional Braille displays uh, do. So they don't feel as soft or as, uh, as spongy. Uh, so the benefit of that might be for somebody who's perhaps a little bit heavier handed or maybe somebody with reduced tactile sensitivity uh, may find these dots easier to read. But then conversely, uh, if you're used to those uh, softer dots, then you may find that the um, reading the, from the Orbit Reader may become more tiring um, and it is purely a personal preference. So I would suggest that you, if possible, try and get hold of an Orbit Reader um, and, and try it for yourself to see how you find the, the dots. But most um, Orbit Reader users do say that they find the dots extremely clear uh, and easy to read and they're very well um, defined. The uh, the sort of the next main difference, I suppose, would be refresh speed. So the Orbit Reader performs uh, what you can think of as a linear refresh. So that's one cell refreshes at a time. Um, and that means that the entire display um, probably takes uh, somewhere in the region of half a second um, to update, um, whereas a traditional piezoelectric um, display uh, display would refresh uh, all at once simultaneously. So most Braille readers are not impeded uh, by Orbit readers uh, refresh speed, but it is something that you might want to be aware of if you are an extremely rapid uh, Braille reader. And the other thing that you might have noticed is the slight uh, background sound when the display refreshes. So I'll just stop talking for a second so you can hear that. 
So while the Orbit Reader uh, is refreshing, uh, you will hear a soft ticking noise. I would say that's roughly uh, equivalent in volume to somebody typing on a QWERTY keyboard, obviously, depending what kind of keyboard you have. But um, it, it's it's perfectly acceptable in a, a kind of an office environment or if you're, you know, sat in front of the TV or out in the garden in very, very quiet environments. Um, you are obviously going to notice it more in the same way that if you're in a very, very quiet environment, you would notice if somebody was typing on a on a keyboard. And the um, question of cursor routing keys comes up from time to time. Uh, Orbit Reader was um, originally uh, designed primarily as a device for reading Braille. And as such, Orbit Reader 20 uh, does not include cursor routing buttons um, used to position the cursor uh, while editing. So on a traditional Braille display, you might have a button above each Braille cell or below each Braille cell, and you can press that to position the cursor. On Orbit Reader, there are other means for positioning the cursor, and we'll cover some of those later on. Um, and finally, I suppose the feature set of the Orbit Reader, um, it, it supports reading and writing Braille files from SD memory cards. And you can also connect to your, you know, via USB or Bluetooth um, to a wide range of, of mainstream devices. Orbit Reader does not include Wi-Fi, uh, nor does it have the wide range of apps that you might find on a Braille note taker. And we heard recently, actually, from the Braille teacher at, um, at New College Worcester that, that they felt that this was actually a benefit because that meant fewer distractions and fewer things um, to learn. So, so a very lightweight um, device in terms of the software that is built in. I'm now going to move on to the main functions, so reading, writing and navigating. So starting with uh, reading. So the main reason you would get an Orbit Reader is um, to read books. And uh, at the moment on my Braille display, uh, funnily enough, we've got the word books, uh, which tells me uh, that I'm on my, my books uh, folder. Uh, and if I go in there um, and I choose uh, a book to start reading, uh, this happens to be um, Jeffrey Archer, a prison diary. Um, to move forward through the book, I press the lower part of the uh, either of those panning keys. And as you can hear, and those of you with some vision might be able to see, um, the display refreshes as I move forward. And then I can move back by pressing the upper part of the um, display, uh, the, of the panning keys, sorry. Uh, you can actually reduce um, the number of key presses uh, that you would need to press uh, while reading with automatic scrolling. So if you imagine, you know, you're going to read a whole book, um, that's a lot of groups of 20 Braille cells um, to keep pressing the key at the end of each line. And some people do that and are happy to do that. However, you can ask Orbit Reader to refresh automatically for you. So we do that by pressing the, um, the space bar so I'm going to do that now. And as you can hear, the refresh time is, is very, very slow. There's quite a long period of time between uh, each time the display refreshes. So we might actually want to speed that up. So we can adjust the speed by holding the space bar and using the up or down arrow keys, um, and that will change the speed. So if I go up, that will actually increase the speed by one second at a, at a time. Uh, so let's uh, just take that down to something a little bit shorter than, than where we had it. Okay, so now the display is set to refresh every two seconds. So I'm going to press the space bar. Okay, and now 
we can hear that the display is actually refreshing quite quickly. So you've got to be quite a good Braille reader to kind of uh, keep up with that. And then if you need to adjust the speed by uh, finer increments, you can add in the dot seven key. So you press space with uh, dot seven and then use the up and down arrow keys and that will um, move the uh, auto scroll speed by one tenth of a, of a second. So you can really um, adjust, you know, to a very fine uh, increment as to how fast you want it to refresh. And while it's refreshing, if you find you're on a short line and you finish reading it, rather than waiting, you can press the, um, you know, scroll forward and, and keep keep going. Uh, so you don't have to always wait for it. But if you find you're working with a student or suddenly your orbit reader starts refreshing by itself and you think, help, what's going on? Chances are you might just bump the space bar and it's uh, automatically um, scrolling. Now, if you want to jump to a specific word, phrase, chapter or section title, um, you can use a find uh, command. So while in your book, uh, you can press space with F. Um, so we'll do that now. Uh, and then you can type some text. So I know, let's try hello. There must be the word hello in this book. Now I've tried it. There won't be. Uh, there it is. Yep. Hello is in quotes. Um, Hello, that Baroness said. Uh, so it's uh, come up in the book and we found the word um, hello. Um, and then if we want to go to a particular page, um, books that are supplied by RNIB have print page numbers marked up in a very particular way. Um, and this is actually very useful because it means that um, you can jump to a particular page in your in your book if you know that something is on print page 47 or you just want to jump forward a few pages. Um, and so um, to find out what page we are on, I'm just going to press F and then I'm going to press dot five dots two five and the number sign. OK, and that will take us to our next page number, which happens to be page three hundred and twenty eight. So we were on three hundred and twenty seven uh, because, as you know, Braille is a is a flat um, format. It's not a rich format. So you don't have the kind of the concept of um, links and headings and tables in the same way that you would in a, um, a web page or something like that. So we have to use some of these little find tricks um, to get where we want to go. And when using the Orbit Reader, my wife actually likes to use the recipe books on the Orbit Reader. So, you know, Mary Berry and, and all of that. Um, and so she will browse the contents for a recipe that she wants, find the page number and then just use the find command space with F uh, just to jump straight uh, to the place that um, that she wants to, to get to or to the page that she wants to get to. Um, you can skip um, forward and back by other units. Uh, so it is possible to move by um, by line. Um, you can also, uh, or say line by, by paragraph rather, um, you can also jump forward to the next page form feed if your Braille file contains those or jump forward by 60 lines, whichever of those comes first. Um, you can jump to the start of the file with space and dots one, two and three uh, or the end of the file with space and, and four, five and six. Uh, and there are a whole bunch of these um, commands. I'm not going to go through all of them. They are in the in the documentation. Uh, one that you will need, though, is to exit your file, your book, um, and you do that by pressing the backspace key or the dot seven. That's this one to the left of uh, spacebar, and that will bring you out. So Orbit Reader remembers your place each time you uh, reopen your book. Um, however, you can also set um, and remove uh, bookmarks with space and M, and then you can move to the next bookmark with dot five or to the previous bookmark with dot two. So, so that can be a really uh, useful way of, of keeping your place it's important to note um, that Braille books, uh, that Braille files um, are going to be displayed using the Braille code that has been set by the transcriber at the time that the book was produced. And so that Braille code cannot be easily changed in the books supplied by RNIB. Um, if um, 
a book is in standard English Braille, then you'll notice the letters SEB um, will appear in the file name. Um, and also, if the book is in grade one and contracted Braille, uh, then the letters G1 will appear in the file name. So that's really everything on um, reading books. Um, and we'll talk about where you can get books um, in a little while. Uh, but I'm going to move now to writing notes and, and making notes. So to create a new file on your Orbit reader, um, it's it's similar in, in a way to the way you would do it on, uh, on Windows or Mac uh, when you press uh, Control N uh, in an application to make a new email message or a new document in Word. Uh, but on Orbit Reader, we don't have a control key. We use a space bar. And so you can press space with N to create a brand new file. Or if you are in a file that you were working on previously uh, that you wish to edit, uh, then you can press space with E for edit. Um, and it's important to note um, that books from RNIB are set as right protected. So if you do get a message that says you can't edit this um, file, um, that's to prevent you from deleting something accidentally. Uh, so when you create your new file in the Orbit Reader, the first line you write will become the file name. So it's very important um, that you put .brf as part of that um, that file name so then other devices in the future will know how to handle that file so when you copy it across to your computer uh, then your computer can treat it like a braille file uh, now i did say uh, that i would come back to the whole sort of sticky issue of computer braille and the orbit reader uses usa computer braille for files and folder names so when you're in the list of, of files and folders as well as in the menu that information is going to be displayed using usa computer braille okay now that might sound scary it's quite common actually um, in, in many uh, devices and uh, some tips that will help you in getting to grips with computer braille. Firstly, caps are indicated with dot seven, which is located below dot three in the braille cell. So eight dot braille cells here. Uh, so we can see in the first cell, we've got a prison diary um, and the first letter of each of those words has a dot seven below it indicating that it's a, a, a capital. Uh, numbers are written in the lower part of the cell uh, and don't require a numeric indicator. So, for example, one is written with the dot two and the number two is written dots two, three and, and so on. Uh, there are no contractions in computer Braille and there are different patterns used for representing punctuation. Most importantly, the full stop is written with dots four, six. So uh, let's do this now. So I'm going to uh, start a new file. So space with N uh, and we're going to call it demo dot brf okay so i've written demo and then dots four six brf that's the first line of my file and then i can press enter and now i can write whatever i like and remember this is braille it's not going to be translated necessarily so you can write whatever you want any combination of dots um, and as you would expect, uh, when editing, the cursor will move along with you and you can change the, um, you know, the, the, the speed at which the cursor blinks or, you know, if you don't want that. Um, and then you can also um, move the arrow keys uh, to go up and down by line. Left and right uh, will move you by um, character. Um, and then you can add space with uh, left and right and that will move you by word. Uh, and there is a context menu. So uh, in, you know, in, in Windows, you can press Shift F10 or press the Applications key to get the context menu. We can press the Select key here and we're presented with a context menu. And this gives us options for uh, mark. So I can arrow, I'm just arrowing down. So when I press Select firstly, uh, we get the option to exit and then I can arrow down. We get Mark, Copy, Paste, Cut, Find, Save and then back to exit. So if we go to exit, then my changes are saved and we exit the editor. 
uh, and then we're back to the file name which is demo.brf so if we want to make any further changes to that then I would press space with E uh, and we will be then editing the file that we are currently on okay just going to check how we're doing for time it's 730 um, so I'll just try and speed it up a little bit to make sure we allow plenty of time for questions. So uh, moving on to managing files and folders, when you exit your file on the Orbit Reader, uh, you'll return to the file manager. You can use um, uh, similar commands to the editor um, and to the reader um, to move around. So you move up and down by uh, the items in the current folder with up and down and you'll be presented with uh, each file name as you do so uh, and then um, if you move um, left or right you're actually uh, sorry if you yeah if you move left or right you actually step through the properties for that file so I'm going to do that now so the the first uh, thing we get is the file name if I arrow right then we are shown the position uh, so I've got POS colon and a nine so that tells me that in my file I was on the ninth character if I go right again uh, I can see that the file is 1kb in size so one kilobyte in size and the date that it was created uh, and then if I go further to the right uh, we then told the protected or unprotected status so um, that gives you a flavor now remember um, that files contain text and folders contain other files um, and you can of course perform a range of, um, of operations on each file so if you want to go to a particular file you can do that uh, by using the um, letters of the alphabet so if I wanted to go to the first item starting with B then I could press B and I'm taken to uh, battle scars UEB so uh, that's the first item in this folder now that begins with letter B now notice I made my um, my demo uh, file in the same folder as all my books uh, and I would advise against doing that I would recommend that you actually create a folder um, for your own files so they're not your own files and your own notes don't get muddled up with your books and you can do that with space and O. that will create a new folder um, so in the notes which we're going to make available um, on the website uh, there will be a list of uh, commands for um, performing those various file management um, things like uh, rename and uh, how to, to mark a file um, and um, and to how to protect and uh, unprotect uh, files so um, don't worry we will make sure that all that information is available to you but if there is something specific do uh, shout out when we get to the um, questions I want to make sure that we allow plenty of time for those uh, so connecting via um, uh, USB, you can, uh, of course, use Orbit Reader as a mass storage device. Um, so we can press uh, space with dot seven uh, and dot five, uh, and then we can connect um, Orbit Reader to our computer and it will come up like a USB thumb drive. So then you can copy and paste files to and from um, your computer. But let's talk a little bit about using Orbit Reader with your screen reader. So Orbit Reader has two basic modes of operation. There is the standalone and the remote modes. So the standalone mode is what we've been using all the way through this demonstration for reading books, for making notes and for managing our files. Um, however, if you want to use Orbit Reader as a mass storage device or if you want to use it as a display or keyboard with your um, with your screen reader, um, then you need to put Orbit Reader into its uh, remote mode. Um, so you hold the select key um, and press left for local is how I remember it, left for local and then right for remote. Um, so I press select and I've pressed right and Orbit Reader uh, says the word Bluetooth and we've got um, two symbols at the start of the line there. So um, that gives us um, 
you know, a very easy way to switch between our book, perhaps, and then maybe a text message or something that you might want to read um, on your phone. Now, um, while specific instructions are going to vary between screen readers um, uh, of how you go about connecting to the Orbit Reader, the, the principle is, is sort of fairly simple. You have to firstly prepare the Orbit Reader, make sure it's in the right mode, um, and then you go to your screen reader settings, and we're going to do that now. So I'm just going to pick up my phone, and I'm going to ask Siri to open my voiceover settings. So I'm just going to work through an example of connecting with voiceover on the iPhone. This is going to be different depending on what screen reader you want to use it with, MVDA, JAWS, TalkBack, or whatever. So let's try voiceover. So open voiceover settings. settings okay and i'm now looking for i'm now looking for braille okay okay so now i'm in the braille settings i'm going to look towards the bottom of the screen to find my orbit reader there it is Okay, so I've double tapped on the Orbit Reader uh, to try and connect. And with any look, there's a live demo, so anything's possible. There we go, we, we have connected. So now if I put my phone down over here, I'm just going to rearrange things slightly so those of you who can see will have a hopefully a visual on the phone as well. Um, I've now got my Orbit Reader connected to my phone via um, Bluetooth. So whatever comes up on my Braille display now is whatever the phone sends it. So if I want to change Braille code, I need to do that in my screen reader settings. Orbit Reader is, is really just acting as a display now. And it's also acting as a keyboard. So I can issue commands from the Orbit Reader, which are then passed back to the um, to the phone. So I'm going to press space with H, which is the Braille command to go to the home screen. Okay. And then I can use the right arrow. Okay. Okay. It's to step through the items on my home screen. And then of course I can compose messages, read books, uh, read content from the web. So this dramatically opens up the amount of content um, that is available to me. Um, and uh, as I said, it's really important to remember that once the connection is um, established, it is your screen reader that is responsible um, for what happens in terms of Braille output and what the keystrokes do. But of course, the massive benefit is you can connect to apps like Kindle um, or Apple Books uh, and get access to a huge amount of content um, in Braille. So that's um, that's really exciting. Look, I'm I'm very uh, kind of mindful of the time. Um, I just wanted to uh, perhaps highlight some of the places that you could get uh, can get books uh, and maybe some of the places for further help and support. Uh, and then we'll open it up for questions. So uh, in terms of books, you can go to the RNIB and join the Braille library um, and request the um, library SD card, which contains hundreds, I think around 800 books uh, in Braille um, that um, is also supplied um, to people who buy the Orbit Reader from RNIB. And those books are professionally transcribed um, Braille books. So they're going to be relatively error-free, he says, touch wood. Um, also, professionally transcribed books are available in the United States from the National Library Service, American Printing House, and National Braille Press. Um, you can also get um, books that are translated on the fly. So these are going to be less accurate, but there may be more choice uh, available. So services like Bookshare can generate um, Braille books, or you may decide um, to take the kind of um, third approach, which is to roll your own and use a tool like Braille Blaster or, or Send to Braille um, and make uh, Braille files yourself on your computer, which you can then copy to your Orbit Reader. Or, of course, the way in which we demonstrated with the iPhone that you can um, have content on your iPhone, which VoiceOver then translates into Braille for you.
So um, there is um, a mailing list where other Orbit Reader users um, hang out. Um, the address for that is in the notes. And you can, of course, uh, discuss all things um, Orbit on the Braille support group on, on Facebook. And then, of course, our venerable uh, Braillists forum uh, would be glad to welcome you as well. So um, if you get really stuck and you've got a problem, do contact the supplier, which in the UK would be RNIB. The Technology for Life team would be more than happy to help out with any technical queries that you might have. And then, of course, Orbit Research themselves have uh, technical support information from their web page including software updates and, uh, and the most up-to-date versions of the user guides and, and, and so on. So with that let's see if we can open it up and uh, take any questions. Yeah thank you so much Dave that was a really great presentation. I, I feel like I learned some things so that was quite exciting um, so I'm sure everyone else did. So we, as Dave said, we will now be taking questions. And if you want to ask a question, you need to raise your hand. So on Windows, that will be Alt plus Y. Option plus Y on Mac. The raise hand button on iOS. And star nine if you're calling in. And just to remember that when you do raise your hand, when you are asked to unmute, there will be a dialog box that pops up. So you'll have to press the button as well. Well, uh, thank you, thank you uh, for that, Dave. Just to echo what Holly said, um, I I was correct. I have learned uh, a lot actually. I didn't know you could change uh, the uh, the refresh speed there. That's uh, that's definitely one I'll be using. Um, we've got uh, a few hands up actually, so we're going to come to Bernie first, and then after Bernie, we're going to go to Steve. So, uh, just bringing you in now, Bernie, and you're good to go. Um, Hiya there, oh, sorry. You I'm just trying to unmute there. Sorry, I apologise about that. Um, that was fantastic. Thank you so much, Dave, for that um, demonstration. I learnt loads there. Um, I've got a couple of things to maybe say. Um, R&IB, I applied actually myself for a grant for an Orbit um, 20 reader, and I thought I hadn't been um, successful, and so I got my own. And today... I received an Orbit 20 plus from them because I received it through the grant that I did apply for. So what I'm saying is, is that if you don't have an Orbit 20 and you're in the UK, it is worth applying for one from the RNIB because you may be offered one through a grant. Just putting it out there. It's a good tip. Um, also, secondly... Can you tell me the difference really quickly, if you can at all, uh, the differences between the Orbit and the Orbit Plus? Sure. So uh, the device we've been talking about tonight and demonstrating has been the Orbit Reader 20. Uh, and that's been available in the UK since October 2018, so just over two years. The Orbit Reader 20 Plus uh, was launched in the UK in September, and the physical shape and size and dots and buttons and battery uh, and all that stuff feel identical. The main differences are internal. And the biggest one is the availability of a Braille translator. So we talked a bit about computer Braille tonight and the Orbit Reader 20 Plus includes a Braille translator. So all your file names and menu items, they'll all appear in regular, you, you know, um, unified English Braille. They'll, they'll appear in regular English Braille. So, so you won't need to think about or worry about computer Braille in quite the same way. And it also means that you can create text files on your Orbit Reader 20 Plus, which are very easily read by your computer. So particularly helpful for teachers um, if they want to give a student a text file um, uh, and have the student generate a text file. Uh, you can do that very easily with the Orbit Reader 20 Plus because it has that built in uh, Braille translator. The other uh, difference uh, as well is if you're not sure which one you have, one of the quickest ways to find out is to press space with T because the Orbit Reader 20 Plus has a clock 
and it will show you the time. Um, and the other benefit of having a clock is it means that you actually get correct date and time stamps on your files. Uh, and you also have access to um, alarms so you can set um, an alarm it's not going to wake you up it hasn't got a sound but it does raise and lower the pins so if you wanted to time box an activity for example you know you've got 20 minutes to do this task then you could set yourself a, a little alarm to do that um, there is a calendar in there and also a basic uh, four function uh, calculator as well so braille translator um, clock calendar and calculator. Thank you very much, Dave. Really appreciate that. No worries. Yeah, th thanks for that, Dave. Because uh, you know sometimes it can be hard to, to tell the difference. You know, you get all these different models released, and you think, well, okay, right, what one's got a plus, one doesn't. But what, what does that actually mean? So uh, great to, to get that overview. Uh, we're going to come to uh, Steve now, and after you, Steve, we're going to come to Jane. So uh, I think you're good to go now, Steve. Hang on, I think I need to find a button, don't I? No, no, no. You're, we, you're, can we can hear you, hear Steve. You. We can hear oh, no. <laughs> okay. Welcome in. Uh, thank you, and many thanks for the presentation. A good one. Um, uh, yes, I have a couple of questions. Um, the first one is, and I think it it's comes out from your presentation, if I'm trying to use an app uh, on, let's say, a, a phone, um, and it uses Unicode characters, for example, is however the braille should come out down to that device itself yes yeah it would be up to voiceover um to decide what to do with those unicode characters so one of the, the discussions in braille at the moment is around emojis and what to do with emojis and the uh, iPhone, for example, will put um, the description of emojis in a in a particular kind of bracket. Some screen readers will just put a block of four signs and other screen readers will put the Unicode value. Uh, so it really depends on the third party screen reader, how they oh, go yeah. about handling uh, those things. And I think one of the big discussions in Braille at the moment is, could we have a consistent approach, please? And what should that be? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Sounds yeah. a good start. The consistent. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was more to do with um, uh, different languages, uh, really. Um, so you can, yeah. Through. So if you're reading in a different language, uh, you're going to be reading a passage of text in, in a different language. You can add other Braille codes uh, tables to your rotor. So if you go into your voiceover Braille settings, you can add additional Braille tables, and then you get an extra rotor option where you can choose the Braille table that is used. So, for example, if you had a BRF file on your iPhone and you wanted to read that on a Braille display, then you might choose the ASCII braille table to to do that but if you were reading uh, what language is it steve hebrew hebrew so uh i don't know if there is a hebrew braille table on on in voiceover um but um there certainly should be uh there are over 150 tables last time i checked so okay. I, I would expect there to be so i would go and add hebrew um to your um list of braille tables in your voiceover braille settings and then when you want to read in Hebrew, you turn your rotor to the Braille table option and then you would flick up or down uh, and that would change the Braille table. Okay, thank you. Um, the other question was, you mentioned about <clears throat> making sure you had .brf on the end of the file name. Um, as you can have different types of file, I think text and, and BRF, uh, if you happen to leave that off, what does it default to? Well, it will de it'll default to nothing, but then it will mean that, um, it, particularly if you put that file on the Orbit Reader uh, 20 plus, um, it might not be clear uh, to the file system how to handle that file. So it might try to open it as a text file instead of um, a Braille file, in which case you could end up with all sorts of interesting uh, Braille okay. translation issues going on. So um, it, it, it's just good practice, I suppose, to, to specify. You could write TXT and then it will open in Notepad, but what comes out will, will very much depend on, on, you know, on, on the particular file. All right. Great stuff. Many thanks. No worries. Great. Thank, thank you for that, Steve. Um, some, some great questions there. We're going to come to Jane next. And after that, uh, we're going to come to Alan. 
so uh, Jane, you're okay. Uh, good to go. Okay. Um, I want to know is um, you mentioned about downloading from Amazon. I'm wondering how I do that on the Orbit 20 reader, if I so wish to. Okay, so uh, obviously the Orbit Reader 20 comes with a load of books and they're yeah. going to be the easiest ones. Like, you know, that's the kind of the path of least resistance. If you can get a Braille copy of a book uh, and you can put it into your Orbit Reader, that means you can carry it with you. You don't need to worry about Bluetooth or, or anything else mm. while you're you're reading. If you want to read a book from Amazon Kindle, then yeah. you would need to have um, a device that can run the Kindle app. So maybe something like an iPhone or an iPad or mm. even a Windows PC. And I've got then, a Windows PC, Dave. Yeah. So uh, if you're running, you're running JAWS or NVDA. NVDA. So you would connect your Orbit Reader to NVDA. So you would put your Orbit Reader in uh, into kind of USB mode, as it were. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, you know, we can get you some, some help with how to do that. And yes. then um, once you are in NVDA, then you would choose, you know, well, NVDA usually picks up Braille displays automatically. Yeah. Um, and then once the Orbit Reader is connected to NVDA, you would then go into your Kindle app on your PC and then you should be able to use MVDA to read through the text and, and that text is translated into Braille and sent out to the Orbit reader. But the Braille would very much depend on the text in your Kindle book and mm. the um, ability of MVDA to translate, which has mm. improved quite a bit recently. Yeah, it has. Yeah, thank you, Dave. Yeah. And thanks for a great presentation. It was really helpful. Good to hear you, Jane. Thank and you. you. Alan? No problem. Yes. Yeah, so we're going to come to uh, Alan next. We don't have uh, any other hands uh, after Alan, uh, but we probably do have time for uh, one or two more questions. So uh, do uh, do feel free to raise uh, your hand if you have a question. Alt Y on Windows, Option Y on Mac, raise hand button on iOS or star and nine on your telephone keypad if you are dialing in over the phone. Um, so I'm just uh, trying to unmute you at the moment, Alan. You might have a box on your screen asking uh, you to unmute. Um, and uh, we'll just give you uh, just give you a couple uh, of uh, seconds to, to do that. I'm just uh, going to see if there's uh, anything that we can do to just help uh, you do that. Uh, just give me a moment or two. Um, okay, uh, and uh, we're just going to go. Can you hear me? Uh, All right, got you, Alan. Loudly there you go. Good things come to those who wait. <laughs> oh, James, you've gone again. I, oh, there you are, Alan. Go ahead. The thing I want are they're not for me. They're what other people are asking me. And the first thing that Bernie will tell you, we always get asked is, how can I change from grade one to grade two? I want to read a book and it's in grade one or grade two. How do I find out and how do I change the grade? So most of the books that you'll get from RNIB will come in grade two. And if they are available in grade one, then you'll also have a file with the same name, but it'll have the um, the letter G followed by number one in the file name. So uh, we could probably get you a list of the books that are available in grade one and in, in grade two. Uh, I have a feeling James Bowden might have already made such a, a, a list. Um, the grade of the Braille in a Braille file is set by the transcriber when they produce the book Excuse so me, Dave, you're not answering the question i want well you can't do it easily I, and i'm no, explaining Dave, why no, so you can't you can't change easily you I can't don't want any no i don't want you to change anything people don't know when they get the orbit reader yeah. they don't know what they have to do to change from grade one to change two i go around telling them there are two welcome files on the yep. first one, it's grade one. On the second yep. one, it's grade two. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm saying. 
I wanted you to say it. Oh, I see. What right. I'm saying. Yeah. So, so that's I, well, I did say actually because so there's two files. There's two files. Uh, if we have a grade one version available, and the grade one file will have grade one in its name. So, what you would do is you'd back out of the file that you're in with the backspace key or dot seven immediately to the left of spacebar, and then you would arrow to the other file with a very similar name uh, that is available. So it, like you said, in the case of the welcome message, that's available in grade one and grade two. So you could arrow down from the grade one file and then you would get the grade two file and then you can press select to open that and read it in, in grade two. And for some of the books where we've got a grade one and grade two version available, then we give you both files. Thank you for that. Can I ask another question? Yeah, by all means, yeah. Um, whilst you were explaining to me how to put a file in my notes, I was doing it. What you didn't tell me is when I get to the end and I've done it all and I've created the file, how I save it. Yeah, so, so we did cover that. So you press the select key um, and you'll have the word exit on your um, display. And then if you press select again, then that will exit and save your file. Thank you very much. I'm out. No worries. And uh, I'm just going to uh, really quickly bring in uh, uh, James Bowden, yep. who uh, raised his hand during this. So, uh, James, I I'm assuming you uh, want to respond to... Yes. Uh, Hello. Hello. Um, just to add to that, Dave, absolutely correct. Um, the welcome message also has instructions in it how to get to the other contracted or uncontracted version. So it says, for example, to read this in uncontracted Braille or to read this in contracted Braille, do this. So it's in the file as well. Um, just to say also that there are no books which are only in grade one. So all the books are in grade two and some of them have both grade one and grade two. Predominantly, it's the children's books which are in both grade one and grade two. That's brilliant. Thank you very much, James. And uh, that's it for all the hands at the moment. So uh, I think I will uh, hand things back to Holly. Great. Thank you so much. And thanks for all those really great questions. They were very, very helpful, I think. And as I mentioned before, what we are going to cover quickly before we end the event is once again our equipment. So the Brailists is giving away some free low-tech equipment if you live in the UK or Ireland. Unfortunately, it's not available outside of these countries at the moment. And we are running events over the next few weeks. So next week on Tuesday at 7.30pm, we will be running an event introducing you to the Slate and Stylus, otherwise known as a writing frame. I keep using the American Slate. And this is very helpful because we are including slates in our package of equipment which is going out. So if you've received some equipment or if you're hoping to get some, then come along to our event next week. The week after, on Tuesday the 17th at 7.30pm, we will be talking about using Braille for learning languages. So I will probably explore the question of how do you read Hebrew in Braille in more depth because I'm actually learning Hebrew. So that was kind of exciting to hear that question. And then the week after on the 24th at 7.30pm, we'll be covering an introduction to Braille music. As always, check our events page for more details about these events. And you can find our events page at braillists.org forward slash events. I'm just going to pass back to Dave very quickly to see if he has anything else he'd like to say before we wrap up. Uh, well, I don't want to put you on the spot, Holly, but I was just going to ask you if you knew whether um, VoiceOver had a Hebrew Braille table. So, well, kind of, but <laughs> there are problems. And it depends if you're reading modern or biblical Hebrew, which really changes things because modern and biblical Hebrew are not the same in general. So let's do that in a couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. 
Okay. Well, thank you very much, everybody. I appreciate you uh, sticking with me and, and listening to me um, uh, demonstrating the um, the Orbit Reader. It's something we get asked about a lot. So uh, really happy to do it and hope you found it um, of interest and that you will come to our future sessions. And if you've got any ideas or thoughts uh, or feedback, then do make sure that you share those um, with the team. Uh, and the help address is help at brailists.org. Uh, or you can contact us on the social media as well well thank you so much it was a wonderful event and thank you dave for your presentation and to ben for moderating i really appreciate that <laughs> no worries and thank you holly for for bringing this whole thing together because it's something we've been wanting to do for for a while and um, we appreciate your 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 energy and your motivation and your organization to to make this all happen thank you oh no problem thank you very much and we should also give an honourable mention to uh, Ken, who is also on the call, who is our social media oh, manager, who's done uh, an incredible job at uh, promoting it on uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, pretty much everywhere. You know, there, there are so many of these, uh, so many of these networks now that it's sort of a bit too uh, few too many to uh, to reel off a list. But a great job from Ken as well. And on that note. Thank you everyone and I'm sure we'll all see you soon. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.